This is BPN Radio, your 24-hour Internet prayer station with Dale Gentry and friends. Calling America to pray. A member of the Breakout Prayer Network. Let's pray, America. It's time now for the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves here on BPN Radio. Second Chronicles 23.6 says, And all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. Now, here's your host for the Warriors Watch, my friend, Callie Hargraves. Welcome to Warrior Watch. This is Pastor Callie Hargraves. This beautiful Wednesday morning, August 31st. We are so excited about what God is doing through BPN Radio across America. We believe in this vision. We believe that God is raising up praying men, women, young people across America to make a difference. Prayer is what's going to change our country. Prayer is what's going to change the face of our families. Prayer is what's going to bring the great awakening that we believe has already started. So we honor Prophet Dale and Gene Gentry for what they're doing. I am so privileged to be a part of this network and so thankful to do what God has asked me to do. I am so excited about having our guest today, Becky Thompson, here with us to discuss how God is moving in her life, what God is doing. Uh, She's a beautiful young mother, young wife, lover of Jesus most of all. She's an author of a book called um, Hope Unfolding, and she also has a website and a ministry called um, Scissor Silk. I'm sorry, Scissor Tail Silk. I want to get this right. Founder of Scissor Tail Silk. You can find her at BeckyThompson.com. But my sister had the privilege of hearing her at a women's uh, retreat meeting. And she came back and told me, said, Pastor Kelly, you are going to so enjoy Becky's ministry. So we're having her with us very soon, uh, September the 8th, for a Warrior Chicks meeting and rally. She's coming to speak and preach and minister. We're so excited that she's coming. But I have her today on the broadcast to talk about how she got started, how Scissor Tail Silk got started, you know, it really, it is just a supernatural way that God just catapulted her ministry. Can you tell me a little bit about that, Becky, and a little bit about how you got started and what God's doing in your life? Absolutely. Good morning, Pastor Kelly. First, I want to thank you so much for having me um, here with you this morning. It's just an honor uh, to be trusted with the privilege of sharing my heart with you and your listeners. This oh, is such a so wonderful welcome. thing. Yes, yes. God is doing such an amazing thing through your program. And I am just so honored um, to get to share my heart. Well, you asked about Scissor Tail Silk and how I got my beginning um, with, with all of that. Now, you also mentioned that I'm a young stay-at-home mom, and that is that is what I do most of the time. I spend most of my day here at my house with my three young kids, wow. uh, six, five, and two uh, last week. He turned two last week. And, um, and most of my day is caught up with who's got the Legos and who needs their sippy cup refilled. And, um, <laughs> and it's really funny because it's not how I imagined my life turning out. I really imagined that I would marry a pastor and I would, um, have this ministry alongside this man and together we would be revivalists and we would change the world <laughs> for the kingdom of God. And, um, about 
four years into my marriage when my husband had no desire to be a pastor (laughs) and I was living in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, I looked around and I thought, well, somebody got something wrong somewhere. And I was pretty sure that it was me, to be honest. I thought that I had missed God's perfect plan for my life. I thought that the dreams that were inside of my heart were a mistake. I thought that um, maybe I had chosen the wrong man and maybe there was this alternate life that I could have had, had I been more obedient to God. But what I realized was that I had been um, believing all sorts of lies about who God is and how he works and what his plans were for my life. And, um, And as I came out from under those lies, I found this new freedom and I wanted to set as many other women free that were trapped believing similar things. Wow, that's beautiful. So in 2013, I had two young kids um, at that time. My youngest son, Jackson, hadn't been born yet. And like I said, I was just at home and I started to think, well, if I'm not going to be a pastor's wife, if my husband is going to be a pipeline welder out in the middle of Oklahoma here, and I'm just going to be here at my house, then what am, what am I good at? What am I going to be? Who, who am I other than, um, you know, the, the bottle maker and, and the diaper changer? Who am I? And, um, and I had to have this moment where I looked at myself and I decided that I was worth finding. Wow. And, um, and the funny thing is I love, I love how God works, Pastor Kelly, because I did not look for God in the word of God. And I didn't look for him in a church and I didn't look for him even in my own relationship. I began a journey on my own. And it turned out that God used my own selfish journey to reveal himself to me. Yeah. And God amazing. Isn't he so great like that? So um, as I was at home and as I was focusing so much of my time on my little children, I felt like I said I had lost myself. And so my first step was to buy a pair of new clothes. I was going to buy myself a new outfit, Pastor Callie. And that is what God used. <laughs> well, to I want to tell you, a new outfit helps me every time. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Don't tell me that God doesn't care about clothes. Don't ever tell me that God doesn't care about clothing. So, um, so I did some online shopping because that's just so much easier with little kids. And I promise this is going somewhere. It's a great story of what God did. So I went online and I found this online boutique. Um, they also had uh, a social page on Facebook. So I found this, uh, this boutique, I bought a pair of, you know, just a shirt and I think it was a dress. Maybe I don't know. It doesn't matter. But the, the store had this contest and they wanted, um, to grow their social reach. They wanted people to share a picture of themselves wearing the clothes and the first, uh, the most likes, excuse me, won a hundred dollars worth of free clothes. The most people or the people that got the most Facebook likes on this picture on Facebook of people, customers wearing the clothes, got $100 worth of free clothes. And so I became the most annoying person on Facebook that day 
I posted a picture of myself. I had to put my kids in my bedroom and try to keep them out of my bathroom while I changed out of my yoga pants and t-shirt into this dress and fix myself up and take this selfie. And they're knocking on the door and I'm saying, hang on, mama's <laughs> taking a selfie. Just a second. <laughs> and so I take this picture and I posted it on Facebook and I thought $100 worth of free clothes, that'll go a long way. So I messaged everybody I had ever known on Facebook, you know, something like, Hey, I hope your life turned out. Okay. Looks like you have some kids now. When you click on this picture and like it for me, I need to win some free clothes. Well, the funny thing is I did not win. And, um, and I think I lost a lot of friends that day, but I didn't win. Um, but I got a message from the boutique owner and she wanted to know if I was a fashion blogger. And I thought I was being pranked at first. I thought maybe it was a friend of mine that was, you know, tricking me or something um, because I am the farthest thing from a fashion blogger, especially at that time in my life. I don't write about clothes. I don't put on fancy clothes and model how to wear the clothes for other women. I barely get out of my PJs before noon if the kids <laughs> wake up before me. And <laughs> it's just honest life of a young stay-at-home mom. So um, so I said, no, I'm not. And she replies, well, that's too bad because if you were, I would send you free clothes and I would pay you to advertise. And I quickly replied, I I'm sorry. Did I say I wasn't a fashion blogger? Because what I meant was I'm starting a fashion blog and I would love to sponsor your clothes for you. So I guess anything for free clothes. Right. right. So this is how Scissor Tail Silk began. And I started this website, Scissortail is the Oklahoma State Bird, and Silk Fire. So I had this image of the state bird sitting on this barbed wire fence, and it also worked because it was about fashion. So it sort of painted a picture of where I was from. And I created the blog, and I posted a few outfits, and I thought, this is what I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to write about clothes, and I'm going to encourage women to find themselves again. But what God did was he took my heart for encouraging women to find themselves and he gave me the opportunity to help them find who they really are. Right. And wow. um, I began to write and I was driving down the road and I had just, oh, I maybe done it just a couple of months, posted a couple of outfits and, um, and I heard God speak to me just as plainly as I'm speaking to you, I heard him speak and he said, Becky, I'm going to give you an audience and you will be responsible for them. Wow. And I thought, I will make sure they are the best dressed audience, Jesus, because I didn't understand what God was doing at the time. I just thought it was about clothes. But as I began to look around my life, I had these opportunities where God had begun to reveal himself to me. He had begun to speak in my daily life. He had begun to show up um, in ways that he hadn't before. Uh, I had this opportunity with my son to witness to a man at our local cafe. My son was three years old and he wanted to go back and talk to this man and uh, find out if he knew Jesus. And so the very first time I witnessed to a stranger, it was because my three-year-old son asked me, does that man know Jesus? Wow. And I thought, you know, this is something that's worth sharing. And so I posted that story to my blog on my website and the response just ignited something inside of me. People were hungry for stories and testimonies of how God can show up in our ordinary lives, yes. in our everyday lives. And so as I began to share more of my life, I realized what God meant when he said he was going to bring the audience and I would be responsible for them. 
So that was the first, oh, six or so months of my blog. And I grew from, you know, no, no followers to about a thousand followers in that time. And I felt like I had hit the big time, Pastor Kelly. I thought a thousand (laughs) followers, people are listening. They care. God is moving. And he was reshaping my identity during this time. He's calling me into this deeper relationship with him. He's He's showing me where he is in my daily life. And he's, he's bringing up these places where I thought maybe I had missed it, where you I thought what? that maybe I had. Yes. Let me say something right here. And, and I mm-hmm. want you to pick up where you left off. I love, sure. I love where this is going because yes. when you started this testimony, you talked about how that you had this concept of yourself married to a pastor and doing mm-hmm. revival all across the yes. nation. I'm sure you were raised in a, probably in a very Christian, uh, Holy Spirit uh, revival type home. I'm sure you. Were. I was. I'm yes, sure you I, were. So yes. we get these preconceived ideas of what the will of God is for our lives. But yes. you know what I found, Becky? What? God doesn't have a plan B. Right. He has another plan A. Yes. And He just wants to reshape our perspective. Yes. Because there's there's it's never too late. To walk in your perfect destiny, it's never That's too so late. True. It's that just, so it's true. just our perspective, and God is not only He is transforming your thoughts about yourself, and yes. He's transforming your perspective. That is exactly right. And that this is this is, and I want our listeners to get this because this is the key. We spend so much time looking back. If yes. I'd have done this or if I'd have mm-hmm. done that, that is the wrong thing to do. We must learn from our mistakes. Don't get me right. wrong. We should learn right. from our mistakes. But God is God. Yes. <laughs> and he, he is not limited with resources or other opportunities to catapult us exactly where he wants us to be. And all we have to do is just start working with the Holy Spirit. I said the yes. other day, we don't chase our dreams. Our dreams right. chase us. That's so true. And we just have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. And what might be the death of one dream in your life mm-hmm. or yes. the, you know, is, is actually probably the opening up of you walking into the biggest part of your destiny. Yes. So go, keep going, keep going. And that's exactly what happened, Pastor Kelly, because as I began to share my heart, God continued to draw these women. And then one night, this is, it was a night that changed my life. And I always say this, it felt like an ordinary day. I thought I was going to bed on an ordinary night and I woke up the next morning and my entire life had changed. And I think that's the way it can be for all of us. You know, we, we don't even recognize these moments coming. We don't see these moments coming in our lives when God is doing things behind the scenes that are birthing things that are bigger than we even dreamt of in the beginning. So I go to bed, I write out a post one night and it was to wives, to women and wives that had forgotten how to be wives in the middle of being a mom. Wow. You know, sometimes we forget, you know, that, that the marriage and and this relationship is what created the family. And, um, you know, we spend all of our time focused on our children or caught up in the house or caught up in our, our daily lives that we don't invest as fully or as deeply, um, as we need to with our spouse. And so I just wrote this very simple post about what I wish someone had told me when I was pregnant about what it would mean to be a wife after the baby had come. Wow. And I put it online. And the next morning I woke up and 7,000 people had already shared it on their social accounts. So tens of thousands of people had read it. 7,000 people had said, somebody else needs to hear this. I want to share and make sure they hear it too. 
And, um, and in that first month, a million people had read it. And in the next six months, six million people had read it. And it continued that millions of people read this post, identified with this post, and then followed and said, I want to hear what God has to say through this girl. I feel like God is speaking and I want to know more about what he's going to use her to say. Wow. And I grew from a thousand followers to about 10,000 and God has just continued to expound upon this. And it's been an exponential growth and he's continued to bring, and all I've had to do is yield to what he is asking me to say. But the coolest part of this, Pastor Kelly, is exactly what you said. I realized that I hadn't missed God's plan for my life, that I am speaking life and truth and revival into the homes across the world because it became this international audience that all identified with this truth. And I have this opportunity now to share more truth and to cut and to um, overcome the lies that these women believe in their lives. He's God has just trusted me with the truth that set these women free. But it began in my own heart as I realized that I hadn't missed the plan of God for my life. It just didn't look like I thought it was going right. to look. Right. It looked and different. As I, Yes. And as I released that back to him, I had this freedom come over me as I realized God is so good, just like you said, that there is no plan B, that he has not forgotten about us or our dreams, that the things that he placed inside of us, he is faithful to bring to pass. And that when we release them back to him, when we say, Lord, I just want to trust you with this thing you've put in my heart, reignite the dreams in my life. Show me the places where I have unexpected doors to destiny, that he is so good to just um, gently lead us as a good father that constantly reminds us that we can trust him. Yeah. Isn't he so good? Yes, Isn't he's he amazing. so good? <laughs> yes, and God is always for the family. And he's always, yes. you know, we, we spend so much time analyzing, you know, the devil, the enemy mm-hmm. of our soul wants us to analyze every decision we've ever made right. and then try to, you know, base our going forth on the things that we should have, could have, or would have done. Sure, yeah. And that is such a lie from the enemy. And it, mm-hmm. every, you, you go and look, read the, the stories in the Bible, and you're talking about some dysfunctional lives. <laughs> right. I mean, if God had, could only use functional people, none of us would sure. be in this race. Sure. Uh, this is just what, this is mankind. This is what he's mm-hmm. dealing with. But you know right. what? When we love him. Yes. And we realize, here's the real key, when we realize how much he loves us. Yeah. I was in a church this last Sunday, and uh, one of the things I said to the congregation, because I preached for a friend of mine, is I said, you know, we're in partnership with the Holy Spirit. That's right. And But it's not a 50-50. It's a, he, he is responsible. Holy Spirit's responsible for 80 and all we have to do is just cooperate. And that's, you know, he really, he, he has all the answers. And if Mm -hmm. we'll just cooperate and say yes and surrender our hopes, our dreams, our ambitions, our losses, our, our pain, he'll take that story and he'll make it something beautiful. And this is such a beautiful story. So literally you woke up overnight Mm -hmm. (laughs) with this huge following from one post about Mm -hmm. how to be a wife and be a mama too. (laughs) That's right. That's exactly right. And what happened was these women would message me and they would say, okay, but now what? 
I, I, I identify with you. I realize that I'm not alone, which I think is often the first step toward hope is the realization that we are not isolated, right. that our fears aren't isolated, our worries aren't isolated, that we aren't isolated away from God, that we aren't isolated away from community, that there are other people going through what we are going through. There are people that have already been through what we are going through and know the way out. And there's so much hope in community. I just, yes. I really, there's yes. so much hope in the com- in community. And I believe that's why God's kingdom operates like family. I think it, it operates in, um, in relationships. And so these women, they would come and they felt this first step of hope, which is I'm not alone. And somebody else identifies with this feeling, but now what, what do we do? How do we remember how to be a wife after we're a mom? Right. And, um, the, the, coolest part of this is that it took two years. I wrote that post January. Oh, I think it was the end of January, 2014. And by the end of that year, I had been contacted by multiple publishing houses to consider writing a book because there was so much truth in what God was saying. And there were so many women that were identifying with it. And, um, and they said, well, we want the answer. Whatever the answer is to this question that you've asked, we want that answer and we want to help publish that answer. Wow. So by the end of that year, I had a two book deal um, with Waterbrook Multnomah, which is a division of Crown, which is the division of Penguin Random House. So wow. uh, I've been given this honor of writing this book. And so my first book uh, is called Hope Unfolding, Grace-Filled Truth for the Mom's Heart. And um, I just think there are so many things that all of us moms, that, that all of us, not just moms, not just women, that all of us believe that are lies. And that when we have the truth that can overcome those lies, we can live in freedom. You know what? Um, one of the things that I feel like God has shown me in the last year, you've heard the especially if you've been in Christian circles, you've heard, you know, you mm-hmm. put God first and then you put your family and your church sure. work and, and, and you get right. this long list and, mm-hmm. you know, how you're, it's all compartmentalized. But really <laughs> right. the, the key to it all is I do everything through the Holy Spirit. I love, right. I, I'm able to love my family through the Holy Spirit. Yes. You're able to love your husband through your walk with the Holy Spirit. You're able to yes. do your work through the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. It, when we have ourselves lined up with the Holy Spirit, He's going to show us how to do it all effectively, but we can't That's compartmentalize right. it. Right. We have to just go to Him on a daily basis and say, show me, show mm-hmm. me how to do this yes. successfully. Because especially yes. with young women, I can remember being your age and having four small children. I ended up oh, with goodness. five total. <laughs> I goodness. had a late in life baby, but I, I had four small children husband, church work, you know, mm-hmm. trying to, you know, help financially the the home and everything mm-hmm. that I was doing. I can remember thinking, there's not enough of me to go around. Right. And yes, so, that's exactly right. So if you can, if you can write something by the Holy Spirit, which I believe this book has, mm-hmm. that can give people that kind of direction, give women that kind of direction and really set them free that God has got it all under control. And you know what? There isn't enough of you to go around. It's right. going to take some supernatural intervention yes, to be everything that God's called us to be. But real quickly, we're going to take a break here. Um, and we're going to have a song by Leland Mooring called The Lion and the Lamb. And then we're going to come back and talk more about 
this book, Hope Unfolding, and, and let Becky tell you more about how what this book is, what it means, and what it's going to do. And I believe God is going to use this book in, in an awesome way. We'll see you in a few minutes. you 
So excited to have Miss Becky Thompson with us today, and we're talking about her book, uh, Hope Unfolding. I love her story. I love how God literally set this young woman up to make an impact on hundreds of thousands of women across America with a righteous message, with, with a message of hope for families, for women, for marriage, for children. Tell us about this book. Give us some more insight to this book and what this book is going to bring to the table for women across America. Absolutely, Pastor Kelly. Well, thanks again for having me. I'm excited to be with you here this this morning. Um, but hope unfolding is the unfolding of my life and the unfolding of truth in the life of every woman. You know, it's it's focused on the mom's heart, but I believe that there are. It's it's written. It has ten chapters, and I have focused on ten lies that I believe we all unknowingly agree with. Whether or not we say it out loud, there's a part of us that has to overcome these 10 lies. But instead of give the enemy any say in the matter, any part of the book, what I did was I wrote a book full of truth that overcomes those lies. So it's not about the lies that we believe, but it is the truth that overcomes each of those lies. Oh, beautiful. So one of the first things I think... um, every woman needs to realize is that God hasn't forgotten about her. Uh, I think that was so true in my own life as I realized, you know, God hadn't forgotten about the dreams in my heart. God hadn't forgotten about what I, what I believed would happen. He didn't forget about me out here in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, when I thought my life would look completely different than it does. But that's so true in all of our lives. There's this little Um, you know, I call them Eve's hand-me-down lies. You know, when Eve left the garden, I'd like to think that, um, you know, she continued to trust the words that God had spoken to her all of the days that she was in the garden. But I have to also realize that there was still a very real enemy who we know is the father of all lies. And I have a feeling that he didn't leave her alone. And I have a feeling that he um, had these things that he would likely say to her. And, you know, this isn't in scripture. So this is just me, um, listening in my own heart for what, for the way that I, I believe the enemy works. But I have a feeling that after Eve left the garden, she felt forgotten. Yeah. I have a feeling that she felt overlooked. I have a feeling she wondered what her life would be like now because it would be completely different than it had ever been and completely different than she thought it would always be. And so there's this lie that says, God's forgotten about you and, and it's never going to turn out the way you imagined it to. But if we can overcome that lie that we are not forgotten by God, then we can be um, ignited to hope in every other area right. of our life. Right. So the first thing I really uh, speak in hope unfolding is that God hasn't forgotten about this woman who may feel very overlooked in her life, uh, especially as moms. We are so busy taking care of everybody else, but just because we spend all of hard time thinking about everyone else. It doesn't mean that God does the same thing. God does not turn his attention away from us. There is nobody he loves more than us, nobody he thinks of more than us, and nobody that he cares about more than us. So the first thing I want her to know is that God hasn't forgotten about her. But as we realize that God hasn't forgotten about us, it makes us look back and wonder, okay, well, if I am not forgotten, then God, where were you when I felt forgotten? Where were you in those moments when I felt overlooked? Where were you in those moments when I was certain that I was over uh, all alone? And so the next thing that I share in my book is about how God took me back through these moments, very specific moments where I 
questioned his presence and then showed me through the Holy Spirit and uh, visions and just revelation exactly where he was in those moments. And so what I encourage women to do then is say, okay, Lord, here are my moments where I felt overlooked. God, where were you? And I just invite her into this moment with Holy Spirit where she can sit and and listen for his voice and look and see that he was with her all along. And so from there, if we realize that God is with us all along, then that means he's with us in this moment. So if God hasn't forgotten about us and he was with us through those hard moments, um, and the moment that I shared specifically in the book was my miscarriage and how the Lord just specifically showed me exact moments that he held me and spoke truth over me. But if he was with us then, then he is with us now and we can trust his goodness now. One of my favorite stories in scripture, Pastor Kelly, is about the woman at the well and how God met her in the middle of her ordinary day at an uncommon hour. Wow. And, um, you know, so often we read that scripture uh, in John 4, I believe, and it talks about Jesus being alone with this woman. And I love how when God has some of his most important moments in scripture, some of his, uh, you know, point, the ones that are pointed to the most often, uh, encounters with people, he, he doesn't always do it in front of a crowd. Uh, you know, for example, this woman in the middle of her ordinary day, going to draw water in the middle of the day, when most women would have likely gone in the morning, uh, in the cool of the day, she's there at an unlikely hour and she's alone with Jesus at the well. And we don't know of anybody else that's there with her. And he begins to speak to her and her heart has this moment where she recognizes his presence and she realized that he's not just a man. He's so much more than a man. And I think she recognizes uh, the God that she was seeing. She recognized the spirit of this man. And he was different than anybody else she had ever encountered. And he met her right in the middle of her day just to talk to her. Nobody else, nobody else that he needed to speak to, nobody else that he needed, uh, that he needed to give his attention to just her right when she would be there. Wow. And I think we often think about God and he's with us all the time and he's speaking to us all the time, but there aren't these moments where he positions himself in our day. But when we realize that he does that still when we realize that God positions himself in our day because he is the he knows the end from the beginning and he has already walked the course of our lives then he knows exactly where we're going to be he knows exactly what we're going to be doing he knows exactly what we need in every moment because he's already seen it and held it uh, in his hand and in his heart and when we look for God in these moments, when we know that we don't walk any of them alone, that God is waiting for us for with exactly what we need, when we remember that truth, then there is a power that comes as we recognize God's presence and not just his presence, but everything that his presence brings. You're his- so right. I, you're yeah. so right about that. It's It's really, you know, in my younger days, in my early days of walking with the Lord, there were times that I viewed God as way up there mm-hmm. and every once in a while I have an encounter with him mm-hmm. because he just graces me with that encounter. Right. And it was right. a very false, untrue view of God. Mm-hmm. Now I view him very different and I yes. see him and experience him very different. And I find that the Lord shows up at some of the most unexpected times of my life. Right. 
when I'm feeling like the other day I was tired, extremely tired. I had worked a hard day and my prayer time is in the morning. I usually pray early in the morning and I always have some time at night, but I don't pray a <laughs> long time at night. I'm just, right. I'm, I'm by the end of the day, I'm ready for bed. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, but I was in the mid afternoon and I was feeling tired and I was feeling just, just disconnected and it kind of zombied out. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden the spirit of God hit me wow. and it was as if I heard him say, I've just been waiting on you to slow down. I want to talk to you. Yeah. And he yeah. just, he just showed up and mm-hmm. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't do anything to earn it. I hadn't been right. on a three day fast. Right. I haven't been <laughs> quoting scriptures. Right. I wasn't listening to, you know, the latest faith concepts by XYZ right. preacher. Right. I was just stopped. And it was yeah. like, he just said, I've been waiting on you to slow down. I, I, and then mm-hmm. I felt his presence come over me and he began to speak life into me mm-hmm. in some areas that I needed him to speak life. He is yeah. waiting. Yes. He's chasing us. He's yeah, chasing that's us. Right. That's right. And, you know, I've heard, you know, there's, there was a book called The God Chasers and I love it and love the concept and I get it. Mm-hmm. But really, he's chasing us. Right. That's right. He is. He's just. He's just waiting. He's, he's just waiting there. on us. He's walking right alongside, waiting, saying, "Okay, are you ready to talk? Are you ready to talk? Can yes. we talk now? Are you ready to talk?" And I think when we tune our heart, and this is what I do, what my heart was in Hope Unfolding, it was to tune a woman's heart to the voice of the Father, so that when she has a moment. And she needs to hear his voice. It's not like she's waiting on him to show up. She's not waiting on him, like you said, to just walk into the room. She recognizes his continual truth yes. and, his, and his voice that's just continuing to speak over her life exactly what she needs. And she can recognize his presence. You know, I believe that there, there is this thread of God's presence and it weaves through every day of our lives. And I think it stretches from the end of the beginning. And when we have these moments, when we question God's presence, if we can find one moment when God was with us, we will be able to trace it forward and backward. We will be able to trace it right up into the moment where we are. We can see where God is then going and we can see everywhere that he has been, but we can hold on to the truth that it's like you said, Pastor Kelly, it's not like he is going to grace us and show up and, and just, um, you know, very rare occurrence, but it is a continual supply line from heaven that is always in our lives. And, and it's just the way God works. It's just his nature. And when we come, when we become aware of that, there's so much more hope that, that continues to unfold. Well, for women, it's really easy. It's a concept that we ought to be able to get better than anybody. How many of us make our children beg for our attention? That's right. My, my, my babies don't beg me. They don't call me and I need you, mother. Please, mother, love me. Please, mother, help me with this initiative. Please. They don't have to, they don't have to beg me. Haven't I been good, mama? Haven't I been good, mama? Yes. Come because I've been so good. Right. They don't have to do that. It doesn't, they call me, they make a hint that Mm -hmm. they need something, a mere Mm -hmm. hint. And Mm -hmm. I am running over jumping yes. over walls and yes. climbing mountains to help them. That's right. Not only my regular children, my mm-hmm. biological children, my spiritual children, the people That's that right. God's put in my life because yes. of my love. And when I look at my love, mm-hmm. the word says mine is evil compared to God's. 
Right. So he is just so excited That's right. about getting involved in every mm-hmm. aspect of mine and yours and everyone that's listening's life. He's so excited. That's right. And when we get that revelation, here's the thing. Faith mm-hmm. operates as our revelation becomes, it operates freely when our revelation right. becomes more clear. That's right. That is right. And so I've been asking Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Mm-hmm. Because I want faith to operate, my faith to operate the way it's supposed to operate. My faith will operate clearly when I begin to see God and see mm-hmm. myself the way God sees me. And the That's only right. way to do that really can, and do it effectively is to know what God believes. Right. And how do we know what God believes? We've got to know His Word. That's right. We've got to know his word. And when I know what God believes and then Mm -hmm. I believe it, then Mm -hmm. my faith begins to really flow and it connects with with him and and all types of miracles take place. Really, this whole book is about lining us up to begin to see ourselves the way God sees us. That is exactly right. That is exactly right. It is a revelation of who God is and who we are in him. And like you said, Pastor Kelly, he doesn't wait for us to beg or to plead or, you know, to tell 10 reasons why we deserve him to come. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, haven't, you know, I actually tell a story about this in Hope Unfolding. And it was about one night when my son actually, I don't, I think this is, is in Hope Unfolding. The idea is in Hope Unfolding. And it's about one night my son woke up. And he needed me. And there was a storm outside. And um, and it, there was lightning and thunder. And I barely had a chance to get out of bed. And I'm trying to run. I'm not even out of my bed. And I'm trying to run to him. And, um, you know, I'm falling. I'm hitting the door. I'm, I'm stumbling over things to get to him as quickly as I can, just because he said, mama. And, um, and you know, he didn't, he didn't have to sit in bed and make a list of why he, I should, and he didn't have to convince himself that he really had been good enough that day for me to come. He just called out my name and I was there. Right. And I think the only difference between that and God is that he's all, God is already there. And that we don't have to convince God to come. All we're doing is reminding our hearts that he's already there. Yes. All we're doing when we cry out to God is, is reminding our hearts that he is already in the room and inviting him to take charge of that moment in our lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you know um, uh, this is another thing that I touch on. It's that when God comes, you know, Pastor Kelly, he doesn't leave any part of himself away. You know, he, when God's presence is there, all of himself is there. All of who God is, is right there in that moment with us. And that means we lack nothing. We don't lack any strength. We lack no wisdom. Um, we don't lack any, um, you know, any, any hope or any joy or any peace. God brings all of everything that he is into that moment. And, you know, as we realize that he's not necessarily coming, but he, we are just, uh, you know, inviting him to take charge of that moment that he's already there. And we're just inviting him to take over and to take control of that moment. We are saying, Lord, everything you are, I need. And he, he brings all of it. He brings everything we need. And you touched on this, that we often as moms, you know, we try to do it all on our own. We don't know how we're going to love our husbands and our kids. And we feel so spread thin 
But like you said, when we re- recognize that it's Holy Spirit loving through us, when it's when it's his strength that comes and it's his hope that comes right. and it's his wisdom to handle certain situations and how to handle them um, and how to be everything to everyone, we realize that he is not just the supply. He is the source and he is the love that we are giving. You know, one of the... the- the chapters that I can't wait to read is we must have grace for who we are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, true. It, it's it's easy for for us to say God has grace for us, but we <laughs> need to tap into that grace. It's true. And, and have grace for who we are. I like that. Can you tell me a little bit more about that chapter? Absolutely. Well, um, in having grace for who you are, I I talk a little bit about my my friend who is a one of those runners who doesn't just run, but she competes in those extreme challenges. And, um, you know, the ones where they jump over fire and uh, (laughs) climb walls. And she's just like this picture of athleticism. And I buy running shoes because they look cute and they match the t-shirts that I already have. That's the reason that I (laughs) I don't buy running. I wear running shoes so people might think that I run, but um, I run, you know, to the fridge to get another snack. I don't... (laughs) (laughs) A girl after my own heart. I don't run. I don't run. And so, um, you know, I think when we recognize that, um, you know, who we are doesn't have to look like anybody else. When we, when we, when we take ourselves away, our eyes off of this other person and we put it on on God and we look to him to have our identity, then we can have a grace for the areas that don't look like these other women. Because I think other than just, you know, Yes, I have this woman in my life and she's a runner and she is fit. But if I looked to her as the standard, if I looked to this woman who was extremely proficient as the standard by which I should measure my own life, then I will always feel as though I come up short. But when we step away from this wall of measuring ourselves, you know, I mark my kids on the back wall of my bathroom. I have them all line up and I mark above their little heads and see how tall they are. And, um, you know, never once do I mark my daughter up against my son's marks on this back wall and say, oh, man, you're just still not as tall as your brother, are you? Well, you'll never catch him. Good luck. You know, I'm sorry that you're always going to come up short. No, I, I hold her up to her own marks and we see how much she's grown and we always cheer. And we always celebrate the growth in her life. And we always say, you know, and there are some times when she doesn't grow hardly at all. Her brother grows an inch and she's just, you know, I'm having to make a little pretend mark above the last one to say, oh, look, you grew a little bit when really she hasn't. But, um, you know, we don't hold ourselves up to other people's lives and say, I come up short. We look at who we are and who God has called us to be and we celebrate who we are outside of those other other rulers and those other marks. You know, I think one of the hardest things we can do, one of the ways we're hardest on ourselves is by putting expectations on who we should be. You know, someone once told me, don't should all over yourself. You shouldn't should, you shouldn't should so much that you believe that, you know, I should do this and I should be that. And if I was only this, but if we have a grace for who we are, Um, then there's just so much freedom in our lives. If we have a grace for who God has called us to be, then we don't have to say, well, I should be more like my friend who is jumping, you know, over walls and over fire. You know, um, you're touching on something that I think is so powerful. One of the things that that I've 
that I've been thinking about and because I've seen so many aspects of different types of lives and, mm-hmm. you know, even with my daughter get to, I've, I've got to see some aspects of how certain people live their lives and what people mm-hmm. think about people that are famous versus mm-hmm. not famous. And we live in a generation now, they did a poll and it's not, young people are not saying I want to be doctors and lawyers and I want to mm-hmm. be this or that. They, a lot of them want to be just be famous. Right. And and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that's a dilemma because right. we need to be. I believe that God uses ordinary people to make an extraordinary impact mm-hmm. when they totally surrender to God. And what that's if right. what if my call in life is to be an amazing godly mother? Right. Yes. And an amazing godly room mother. Mm-hmm. What if my call in life is to teach a Sunday school class and impact a kid that comes on the bus that's never heard about Jesus? Yes. What if my call in life is to become the best nurse? Mm-hmm. And when I take care of people, I give them hope to mm-hmm. want to live a better life. Yes. And and I really think that that we as women need to start celebrating the most the the cornerstones of what make a life, a marriage, a home, a church That's right. That's is right. the ordinary, what, what the world would call ordinary. God used ordinary people to do extraordinary things. That's right. And, and, and I love that you were being, you were frustrated, but mm-hmm. you were being faithful to what you were doing. You didn't run off and get a divorce. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you obeyed the Holy Spirit and God mm-hmm. used a beautiful little amazing girl who had surrendered to an ordinary life, and now he's using you in an extraordinary way. That's right. Isn't that beautiful? It is so beautiful, and it's just like God. It's just like God to take these ordinary moments and weave them together into being something just that only the master's hands can create. You know, Absolutely. Just this beautiful thing. You know, and you get this picture of these little strings. You know, have you ever seen? I haven't seen, but I know that there are certain rugs that they make. And on the back side, it just looks like a bunch of knots and strings tied together. And then when you turn it around, you just see this this beautiful thing that, that's been created by the master's hands. Right. And I just feel like sometimes that's the way we are in our own lives. You know, it just looks like a bunch of ordinary strings tied together and it looks messy and it looks jumbled, but from the other side, what it's God a is beautiful doing, tapestry. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Right. Real quickly, we're going to break for a song, uh, mm-hmm. shine on us by Bethel. And then we're going to come back to pray for the listeners. I've so enjoyed you. We'll talk more in a minute. Thank you. Awesome.
I have so enjoyed having Miss Becky Thompson with us today and hearing about her new book, Hope Unfolding. I'm excited to have her with us at Warrior Chicks on September the 8th. We want to encourage you, if you're in the Houston area, to come out and hear her. She's going to be with us in person. We're excited about that. Also, if you want to uh, keep in touch with what we're doing, Warrior, uh, www.warrior-chicks.com. Becky, can you tell us how to get a hold of you and where we can find you? Absolutely. You can find me at beckythompson.com. And from there, there are links to all of my social accounts, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Awesome. Um, Yes. 
Awesome. Well, I want to real quickly, I want to ask Becky to pray over the women and the people that are listening here and just really pray whatever the Holy Spirit has you to pray, Miss Becky. Absolutely. Well, thank you again, Pastor Kelly, for the honor of speaking and um, being here this morning. And it's an honor to pray. So, Father, we love you, God, and we thank you for knowing the intimate details of our lives, Lord. I thank you that you see all of it. You see every moment of our lives. This one right here, God. Lord, I thank you that every listener is known and loved by you, Lord, that you have seen every moment of their lives and that you are with them in this specific moment. God, it isn't an accident that they're listening. It isn't an accident, but God, you're speaking to their heart and you're reigniting hope as they realize that they aren't alone. Lord God, and that you will continue to be with them and speak truth. Lord, I pray that truth would begin to flow in their hearts, God. I pray for every listener right now, Lord, that there would be a revelation of truth in their lives, that truth would um, come to the top, Lord. It would just rise to the top, Lord Jesus, of every other thought that they have, of every other thing that they have ever believed, Lord God, that they would be tuned to the voice of truth that would overcome every lie of the enemy in Jesus' name. Lord. Lord, I just thank you for Becky. I thank you for her heart. I thank you for her spirit. I thank you for her passion and love for you. I thank you, Lord, for what she's doing for women, young women across America. I just thank you, Lord God, that you are igniting a desire in everyone that's listening, Lord, to just trust you and believe that you have a perfect plan and that no matter what we've been through or what type of dark storm we've been in, that God's your ways are perfect. And if we will just trust you and believe you, you will call Cause the sun to shine again. You will raise us up from the ashes. You will allow redemption to work in our lives. And I just speak blessing over every listener today, Lord. I thank you for Becky. I thank you for her husband. I thank you for her children. I thank you for what she's doing. God, I, Becky, I just hear the, the, the Lord saying that your greatest days are ahead. And um, you've been going at such a fast pace, but God is really going, going to catapult you literally faster than you've ever imagined to the next season of your life. And I do see you um, moving to the West Coast and God making provision for you to to do that. That's in your heart because that is God's plan for you. And God is going to use you in such a profound way. This is what I hear the Lord saying. He's bringing dignity back to the to the wife and the mother. Yes, he's bringing dignity and an honor back to the mother that serves God above all things, to the the wife that serves God. There's going to be a dignity and honor that after they read your books, after they read your blogs, they're going to feel like I am doing God's will by raising my children. I am doing God's will by loving my husband. I am doing God's will by embracing the things that God's called me to do. I don't feel like I have to go do something that I'm not, but I'm going to be who I am. And there's just such an anointing on you to bring freedom to women, to embrace who God has called them to be. And to, you know, there's there's no shame in the game of loving your family. And I just, I really honor you. And I just, prophesy blessing over you. you, And I see God raising you up as a light. And I also see God raising you up as a prayer voice. And uh, you're going to morph over the next five years. And there's going to be a lot of things that you do 
but uh, there's going to be a real increase in um, authority and your platform is going to grow. But here's what the Holy Spirit's going to do. He's going to deepen your walk and he's going to deepen your roots so that you can withstand the, 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 the tallness of your tree. Okay, your tree is going to go to an enormous heights, but you've got to be able to withstand this. I bless you. I bless everyone that's listening. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you next week uh, on Warrior Watch. For the past hour, you've been listening to the Warrior's Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves as your host. For more information concerning this program, go to bpnradio.com.